Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the only show, yada, 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 you know where it goes. I'm sorry we were a little bit late. Um, we had some technical difficulties here. But uh, Julie, Stephanie, Christian, you know, in 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 the Internet age, in the year of our Lord 2021, wires get crossed, cameras get fried. Um, the tubes that make up the Internet get clogged with digital ephemera, flotsam and jetsam. And sometimes things go a little fluey. But here we are, we stand proud, yes. and we are here to talk to you about all the TV, movie, book, fantasy, sci-fi nonsense going on in the world. I am Dan Selke, the editor of Winter's Coming Up Net, here with, who are you again? I'm Mia Johnson, the editor of dorksideoftheforce.com. So pleased to be here with <laughs> you. Um, and I guess the big thing to hit right off the bat is, there you are. <laughs> As Stephanie says, admit it, you tripped over a cord. Stephanie, funny thing is, I did trip over whatever <laughs> that thing is, but that's that's not the reason it came out, I don't think. I actually can't prove that. There's a lot of cords. You can't see them, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. right out of frame. Like, there is, there is a, 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 a fair amount of stuff on the floor. And, like, look, I'll admit it. I may have bled in this room before for tripping. I haven't. Not really. That's a joke, people, in case you're worried about it. Um, anyway... Um, get down to business. San Diego Comic Con happened this past weekend. Well, mm -hmm. sort of, kind of. Yeah. San Diego Comic Con at home, which is like, frankly, I'm just going to say it. I do prefer it. I I've enjoyed cons, but from a, from like a covering a perspective, mm -hmm. it's what I would do anyway. I would just like watch the trailer, write it up. It's no different for me. I think we need the hybrid models. Like we, we had this conversation the other week. There is like you, there's no beating the in-person experience, especially when, like I told you, these celebrities are like rock stars. So I mm. love being in there, but it is also nice just from a coverage standpoint to be like, wow, this panel has already been recorded. I can just skip to the trailer. I can just <sighs> skip to the good part. So or nice. I know like last year I watched something on two times speed. I was like, let's get to the point. <laughs> So I do get it from that point of view, but um, because these panels, like, yeah, they're going to think you want to hear. But first, you want to hear about the little show you've never heard of? It's going to be an IMDb TV, <laughs> like not particularly, but I guess, yeah, but yeah, I'm into it. Anyway, some of the big takeaways. What were some of the takeaways that spoke to you, Mia, well, from San Diego Comic Con 2021 at home? Oh, hmm, personally, or shall we just? <laughs> I, because I was going to say personally. 
it wasn't a huge con for me. There was like one Star Wars panel and I was like, okay, I can come in, come out. But I think for you all listening <laughs> back at home, um, you might be interested in the Wheel of Time updates. That, I phrased that question poorly. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, me personally, I don't know, but I, I, I'll have some stake in the Wheel of Time. Uh, yeah. So they had, Wheel of Time had a Comic-Con panel. Was it Amazon or did Wheel of Time have their own panel? It was oh. Amazon. It was okay. a long thing where... Uh, I don't say his name, like Rafe Judkins was interviewed by a gentleman, like part of a long Amazon thing. It got was pretty near the it, front, got too. Got it, got it, So, yeah, Will of Time was a part of Comic-Con at Home. And I think the biggest thing that they, or one of the biggest things that they revealed was that there's a release date, there's which release date. is November of this year, 2021. Well, release so, month, yeah, <laughs> release month. Uh, so, that, it to me, is a little bit surprising, but also be, I haven't been keeping up with how long they've been filming and all that. So I guess Forever. that sounds, yeah, sounds about right. This is one of those shows that got like the pandemic interrupted it and then it started, it stopped and it started again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is Amazon's adaptation of Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson's 14 book plus fantasy epic where we go to a magical, mystical uh, world where a bunch of precocious youths go on a journey. They won't change them forever and uh, fight the evil Dark Lord to beat back the darkness and save the world. You know, centered hero stuff. But 14 books, very, very huge, very big swing. Um, and I like the poster. Yeah, the I like poster, yeah. That is Rosamund Pike as Moiraine Damo Dread, kind of, as you pointed out, the Gandalf of the story. I'm glad you said that and not me. I didn't want to pronounce that name. Gandalf? <laughs> no, oh, Moiraine. Don't make me say it. Yes. <laughs> You'll get used to it. I mean, I mean, it, although I will say it's one of those names where like, I could be saying it wrong. Like, it's not really that famous. So, That's like, she's true. an important character in the story, but I've only read it. When they get to the thing and they all say, like, hey, Mary. Like, oh, that's how you <laughs> yeah. say it? It's very possible. <laughs> that's fun. So, yeah, it sounds like it's going to be quite the interesting. And I guess because it's Amazon, too, they would be releasing it, like, every week. Yes. I mean, they might do the thing where they, like, have two episodes up front or three mm-hmm. and then do it every week after that, which I'm fine with that. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm like, I know I'll have to be watching it closely. I'm looking forward to when that time comes, goodness, in November to be discussing it. And I'm like, I can handle, you know, a week by week show, not where they, like, The Witcher dumps it all on you and you're like, oh, man, it's going to be a rough week. There's a lot of TV coming, man. <laughs> yeah. Like the Wheel of Time and like uh, Foundation is coming up. What we do in the Shadows come back. I'm going to be watching that. Yeah, season three. Um, there's all these. Uh, th- th- there's like three more Marvel shows. There's like Hawkeye and What If and Ms. Marvel. Uh, they're really backloading this year with tons and tons and tons yeah. of stuff. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot. What If is actually. That's coming out in two weeks though. So we've got a little bit of. What and I might if? I might have a little mm, screener that came in my what, inbox yeah, what if today. <laughs> Yeah, they have. Well, the press conference is Sunday. I might you have said too much. On- you have a Star Wars editor. Why do you get the Marvel screeners? <laughs> you know, I'm just going to like transition my whole site to Disney Plus. You know, it's going to be <laughs> Disney Plus side of the force. I don't know. Um, By the way, Christian asked about Dexter update, please. They did reveal Dexter's coming back. Did you ever watch Dexter I when never it was on? Did. Michael C. Hall, friendly serial killer. And, yeah. Neighborhood Spider-Man serial killer. Only kills bad guys. <laughs> I watched a bunch of it. Yeah. It was cool. It, it, it does kind of seem like the sh- uh, a series that um you'll have to prove to me that's a good idea to bring it back. Because, like, I watched it. Um, the ending is, is, is famously not liked. Um, he kind of vanishes and just shows up as a lumberjack somewhere in Canada and Saskatchewan or something. 
Um, and it was going to pick up right there. He's, oh. he, he's, he's mm. living an anonymous life. No one knows his serial killing past. But you know what? Old habits die hard, even though he's getting too old for this. <laughs> Fascinating. Um, oh, there was something from the panel that you all had written about, uh, specifically, though, about Wheel of Time. And this is from the showrunner, like you said, um, Raph Judkins. I don't know how to say it. Like Rafa. Rafa. I'm very sorry, Mr. <laughs> Judkins. Uh, but I'll, I'll read the quote where he says... <laughs> Uh, the Wheel of Time has always sat as the most diverse fantasy book that came out in its time. So he said, we also need to do that in order to honor the books that are there and make this the most diverse TV uh, fantasy TV show that's been on television before. So that's fascinating to see. We've here and there have caught, had conversations, especially talking about, you know, um, the House of the Dragon, right? And the Targaryens. Mm-hmm. Can you be diverse in that sort of series? And so it's interesting to see them doing it, having this conscious effort to bring diversity into the realm of fantasy, you know, yeah, where it's not where all, it you know. usually been traditionally. Yeah. Blunt, yeah. Thanks to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone is, is pale and has blonde hair with their pointy eyes. And by um, the way, and Christian says he's an Oregon. Sorry, Christian. I, I I wasn't like a Dexter super fan. I, I I watched a bunch of the show, but I don't know it like inside and out. Yeah, but it looks interesting. But yeah, the, the Wheel of Time is one of those where, again, like written by a boomer in the '90s. Like I, I have not that that's a bad thing. Just like I, I have no doubt it's not a bad thing. It's just that yeah. when he's writing it. I would bet good money he's picturing all white people. Like that's just kind of the, yeah. the way he's thinking about it. That's not true, though, because there are other cultures that they go to in the Wheel of Time where there are like kind of more inspired by Eastern cultures. Okay. Um, But the the, the main characters, very likely. But for the show, they have cast a variety of uh, people of different races Mm -hmm. for like the main characters. And I have seen pushback against that already, which is starting to, you know, but that's always fun. Twitter people doing that. Um, But yeah. they they are definitely making an effort to to make it diverse, just kind of like they're making an effort in House of the Dragon to make it diverse. I mean, that's kind of the effects of the past several years of kind of Hollywood evolving on this issue, mm-hmm. right? Where you're you're just not going to have an all white show anymore. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, yeah, clearly it's it's like I to me these roles are kind of just not to say templates, but. Because I'm not as familiar with the characters and who they are. It just kind of seems like if you say this is a character who is magical like Gandalf. To me, it seems like anyone can be that role. You know, this is a young teen or a young man. or It's like, well, okay. It sounds to me like anyone can fill that role. So It does. Until, I mean, oh, no. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a, it, 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 is, it gets into like this bit where, I mean, fantasy, do, fantasy in general, like does come from this kind of. Like, thanks to Gerald Tolkien, frankly, like this Anglo place. It's like mm-hmm. it's kind of based in England. And when you think England, you think people so white, like they even touch the sun, they burst into flame. Um, well, <laughs> You're on a roll I, today, I Dan. <laughs> um, and that tradition just kind of stuck. I think it, it, it just kind of got in there. And it just kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. And it's only been recently where we're applying more diversity to established fantasy. And there are a lot more authors of color getting into the fantasy space. Yeah. Um, I know there are a bunch. I don't have all their names on the top of my head right now, but I know they're like Who Fears Death. HBO is making that with George R. R. Martin producing that. One of those like, I'm going to help this person just get produced and put my name on the thing. Um, Shadow of Blood and Bone. I'm, I'm making that up. Children of Blood and Bone. That's it. Um, there are a bunch more that are more prominent. Mm-hmm. So now that 
things have changed and and and, and they are trying to, to to kind of change with them the networks that are adapting these things which of course is a good thing and we'll see it yeah but i mean of course we will also get pushed because we always do from like angry white guy twitter who's just going to kind of be up in <laughs> the business and yeah. um that'll be fun yeah we'll that's when that you when just that's when you just hit mute and say okay you know we're <laughs> so gonna carry on so before i win next segment i will read stephanie's comment because i agree with you i am going to give which oh um Look, uh, Lisa. I'm looking forward to the wheel of time. I hope, hope it doesn't disappoint. Hope it doesn't dis- hope it doesn't disappoint like The Witcher. I agree, Lisa. Uh, what a um, well-intentioned sort of half turd that was. Um, had its good point, had its bad points, but yeah, just overall, that was a bit of a swing and like a first base hit max for The Witcher. But that's coming back. Hopefully, yes. the wheel of time will be a little more uh, complete. Yeah, as Stephanie says, going to give The Witcher one another go. Couldn't quite get could quite get into it before. I'm with you. Um, it was it, it was. You, you ever watch that thing where like you can tell people really put their hearts and souls into making this, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't quite work anyway. That was The Witcher to me. Oof. Yeah, that's it's like you feel almost bad criticizing <laughs> it because like clearly. <laughs> You're you're putting your all into this, yeah, and it, it it just didn't come together the way you want it to. But you know, you live and learn. Mm-hmm. Season two comes exactly. All right, before we go to the next segment, um, maybe we have a word from our sponsor. Let us okay. roll in. I'm excited. <clears throat> For a moment now, I'd like to speak to the men in the audience, and also the women who know men. Winter has come and gone, but summer is here right now in certain parts of the world. Um. And that can mean heat, that can mean visiting beaches in various states of undress, and it can mean sweat-related discomfort. To help with all of this, you'll want the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. This package comes with the Lawnmower 4.0, which makes removing body hair easier than ever before, thanks to its cutting-edge ceramic blade. It also has an LED spotlight And it's waterproof, so if the power goes out while you're in the shower, you're still covered. And that's not the only product that Manscaped offers. The Weed Whacker takes care of that pesky nose and ear hair, and the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant is like regular deodorant, but applied to, if I might, the armpit of the lower body. Uh, Do you want these products for yourself? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped.com. Shave your groin and be happier. All right. Thank you for that um, great product from Manscaped. All right, uh, Mia, what else on the agenda today? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's move on to um, Warner Brothers territory and talk about Dune. Uh, Dune, man. Yeah, this was quite exciting. Dune, uh, Warner Brothers released a new trailer for Dune last week. It was really, really long. Um, it almost <laughs> felt like you're watching this the whole movie, but I thought we'd take a look and and share our thoughts as Why we not? go through Let's it. Why not do it? Okay, Dune. So, um, this is... This is another movie that's been in production for a long, long time um, that's been kind of interrupted by the pandemic. Although it was finished, it just got pushed back forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, adapted from Frank Herbert's landmark 1965 science fiction novel, 
about Timothy Chamelet, a magic boy who is in a far future, kind of one of those chosen one people, mm-hmm. you know, that show up in a lot of sci-fi and fantasy stuff. It actually is okay. And, and they're on a desert planet. <laughs> yeah. It's very intense. There's De Batista as um, Baron. Uh, no, wait. I forget his name. Whatever. He's bad. Um, Zendaya plays Chani, his love interest. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of upping her role because it adapts the first half of the book. And she's not really in the first half of the book. So I think they're kind of making her the narrator um, a bit of this. I see. They want to have, you know, Zendaya do something. Okay. This is interesting. So Dune. I've read Dune. I've read more than one Dune book now because I'm oh trying goodness. here. Um, they are very dry books. They're very kind of <laughs> clinical. It, yeah, yeah. Because sand. Uh, they're very kind of clinical and kind of um, uh, the, uh, cerebral. Okay. And they have little jokes in this trailer. You know, it's like Jason Momoa is like, yeah. you put on some muscle and Timothy was like, did I? Like, not really. Like, that is that is not from Dune. <laughs> like, they are adding that in. Because Frank Herbert is not just a super funny person, apparently. I don't know if it was his personal life. But in Dune, ain't nobody cracking jokes in this book. <laughs> so, they're adding that in because this isn't just an epic, brainy sci-fi blockbuster. I'm sure Warner Brothers wants it to be... Um, a little more approachable, yeah. which is, is what's always sort of my problem with Dune. It's like, it's one of those things you read and I'm like, I can tell this is brilliant, but like, I'm just not having a lot of fun Got it. watching it. So it looks like they're going to Star Wars it up a little bit, Ooh. like add in some, some, some gags. I mean, not a lot. I, it, it looks like Denis Villeneuve who directed it. Um, is still sticking very close to the book. He's still got like it, it, it's 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 a grim story. This looks pretty grim. Look at all the explosions, um, popping on fire. No one likes that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I find it interesting that they did kind of um, bring in some levity to a story that really is not doesn't really have a lot. What do you think of that, man? Yeah, I'm just watching this trailer. I my first impression though. And I think it's it's wrapping up eventually. Um, it just seems like there's a oh, lot going on. Yeah, we've got a, a, a sand monster. There's some things that are very reminiscent to me of Star Wars, like, of course, the planet. And we've got the ships and the mm-hmm. people in the armor. But it to me, I'm having a hard Oscar time. Isaac. <laughs> yeah, Oscar Isaac is, is definitely Star Wars. I'm having a hard time just gripping what this movie is about. Um, and I don't know, you know, for the people who aren't familiar with the book or who, and, and all of, or maybe even the older movie, it's just kind of like, there's a lot going on here. You know, what should make me want to see this, even though it's got all this star, it's still going by the way. (laughs) Does this make you want to see it? It's hard for me to say. It it really is. Magic Boy Shamal, Chalamet his little armor thing? Um, you know, I I like Zendaya. That's one thing. So maybe I would see it for her. But yeah, it's <laughs> thank you for watching our feature presentation. But yeah, for me, it is it's really all over the place and I really like have no cohesive story about what's going on. How are I mean, that's that's kind of a problem. Yeah. I'm not sure Warner Brothers yeah. is happy with that response. Um, as Lisa says, no joke, the trailer is long. I feel like I don't need to see the movie now. Yeah. That, yeah um, I mean, well, I guess I'll ask again. Just, okay. um, wh- do you plan? Does that trailer make you want to see the movie? Do you, do you want to see it on either HBO Max or go to the theater for it? It doesn't make me want to see it, but I think it helps that it's on HBO Max. So oh, yeah. I will probably end up watching it anyway. Do they have a runtime for this? This looks like one of those three-hour movies. It does, doesn't it? I don't know if they have a runtime okay. for it. Okay, yeah. It's the first half of a book. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it just it looks like it's going to be really lengthy. It's going to be an epic, and 
I just wish that the story felt, or at least from the trailer, felt a little tighter and cleaned up. Like, you know, this is our hero. This is who he's going to help. It this is, is one of those stories, though, that like, it is hard to just say in uh-huh. even a three hour trailer like that exactly yeah. like what it is about. God, if you get like a super Dune fan going about like, what's Dune about? They'll go off. Well, <laughs> if we go back to like Kantian philosophy, what it says about this is oh this and this gosh. and this. I mean, it's about... Um, you know, big houses and in sci- big sci-fi houses fighting each other for control of a planet. There we go. Okay, that's I like that simplified version. Yeah. Christian like, says, yeah, it doesn't help. I didn't like the first movie. Yeah, that's what also it makes me curious. I'm like, okay, yeah, you have kind of this first movie that wasn't received so well. So, I mean, wasn't received so well 37 years ago. I I, I do think with you know, Christian, you and I know it. But um, I'm going to guess that Dave Lynch's Dune isn't widely known. Yeah, yeah. I would say even like personally thinking it's like, yeah, had I not been even doing this podcast, I like would not have. Sure. I think I would have known about like the movie would be like, oh, yeah, it sounds familiar, but I don't yeah, know, yeah, know about it. So like, no. it's good. At least that you have our generation. Maybe I don't know if the people below us will want to see it, but at least a fresh sort of blank slate for Warner Brothers to say, hey, you know, this looks flashy. The Zoomies and like Zendaya. Yeah. Like Zendaya, <laughs> yeah. Like Timothy Zendaya. Chalamet and all that. It's got... The Zoomers love Timothy it's, Chalamet. It's got a little bit for everyone. And then, yeah, Jason Momoa and Dave Bautista and all this other, you know, everyone else involved. So, it is ambitious. I'll give it that. <laughs> and just, I mean, so, I mean, you, you wrote your little question about like, there was a comment on, yeah. on your website, someone saying, like, this is what the Star Wars sequel should have been. Like, Star Wars and Dune are do have kind of a lot of links. Like, George Lucas was obviously inspired by Dune. Like, tattooing. Like, and I didn't really even realize it until I, like, went back and read it, like, oh, this is Star Wars. But, like, with some more gags thrown in. Um, he, he lives in a desert planet. Mm-hmm. He's a moisture farmer. Like, moisture is very, very important in Dune. Because the desert planet, Mia, they don't have anything to drink. So, like, it's all about, like, the water is life. The water is important. It's all, like, preserving the water and all this yeah. crap. They have a little philosophy around it. Um, so, they're definitely linked. But, again, like, Dune is just so much more serious. Like, Star mm-hmm. Wars it, it, Star Wars is an adventure movie. Like, I don't think this is what the Star Wars should have been. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm not sure they should have been what they were. They shouldn't have been this, though. This yeah. is quite different. I think that that comment stuck out to me on our Facebook page. And I didn't really, I was like, I don't know what to think about this. Not that I feel one way or the other because A. That person saw a desert and was like, (laughs) Star Wars. Yeah, Yeah, maybe they just really, their feelings are really hurt about the sequel trilogy. I'm like, I think we have to see the movie first before we can jump to any conclusions and especially say, you know, um, because are they thinking about having a second movie or oh, that's yeah. on Although the table weird because like they haven't confirmed it yet and the director is like one of the ones who got really mad about the whole hbo max day and date release thing mm-hmm. um so it's kind of up in the air although it'd be pretty weird if they if they put out a first movie and they have this much promotion for it and then like a second one doesn't materialize yeah. this isn't like a situation where you adapt the one thing and don't get a sequel this is like this is the first half like if you don't get a sequel it's kind of incomplete <laughs> Yeah, so that's the other thing. And especially they're adapting this from the book. So pretty much everything is set in stone, maybe except for, like you said, making a few tweaks here and there. So I don't know, yeah, how greatly we can compare it to Star Wars just yet because I mean, of that. I'm excited because I trust the pedigree. Like, I trust Denny Villeneuve. Like, I liked Arrival. Did you see Arrival? I did. Yeah, I really, really liked Arrival. Arrival I liked a lot. Mm-hmm. I liked Blade in 2049. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's really good. And I think he is kind of a cerebral um 
quote, a clinical sort of director who yeah. really thrives in sci-fi. So if someone can do the story right and put a good stamp on it, it's him. Yeah. Like, he gives me confidence. Yeah, I would say that much I agree with you when I was looking back on his filmography. So that much I agree with. Um, and at, at the very least, you know, I think he's going to give it his best shot and really try to make it work. Okay. <laughs> so my fingers will be crossed about that. So we're, we're, we're just running through SDCC. And as Julie <laughs> says... Um, going to the open mind and no expectations. I think it's like that. That's an excellent way to do it. But before we go on, really quick, uh, our, our brilliant producer Richard um, made that amazing graphic that you saw oh, during yeah. um, the advertisements. Just kudos to that. Good lord. <laughs> yeah. So that was the first. That was the the debut of that graphic. And as Christian says, Seven Samurai would be a bit would be more of a bit of relative material for Star Wars. Oh yeah, because George Lucas just like pilfered Akira Kurosawa wholesale. That's why Seven Samurai is like Star Wars. I mean, I'm, I'm making it sound bad, but like, yes, Akira Kurosawa film, Seven Samurai, Yojimbo were definitely a big influence, an admitted big influence. You've heard that, right? On George Lucas making Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, yeah, the whole Jedi. Did and- say, like, I just watched Yojimbo and I just wanted to be, have it in space. I don't know. I don't know. I gotta look into that. <laughs> but little side note, um, Brian Cogman, who was a writer on Game of Thrones, is now making a Yojimbo series for I even forget what streamer. <laughs> But it's happening. Very interesting. I know very little about all of that. So <laughs> it's all news to me. Um, but yeah, so that is Dune. Um, Dune. Let us out. Oh, just there's more Comic Con news as we roll into our next. Um, more. <laughs> our next topic, which one is one for me. I love this Doctor Who um, teasing their 13th season. They had a panel at Comic-Con at home as well. And I've, I've been kind of like getting in and out of Doctor Who now yeah. just because of the whole, this podcast really. Um, I kind of fell out with the Peter Capaldi. And recently there's been something invigorating about Jodie Whittaker. So they, Doctor also released a little trailer that we can take a little Is it peek at. It's only like less than a minute okay. where we have a new... Comp- Ooh, that's Ooh. a familiar face. It is. That is Mr. Jacob Anderson, a.k.a. Grey Worm, a.k.a. Torconudo, who is um, a new recurring character in Doctor Who. Good for Grey Worm. Yeah. And so that's him. Jodie Whittaker is back. We have a new companion who's name is Dan. It's John Bishop. That's Ooh. the new companion. Love so... Him. Um, I hear he's a comedian in Britain. He's a comedian, yeah. <laughs> and um, we have Yaz is back as well. So we have one returner, two of the companions left, and they're going to be getting into some shenanigans this season. Shenanigans. Um, so yeah, that is coming. I don't think they said when it's coming back or later this year, probably. So I'm actually excited about that because there is something quite interesting going on with Doctor Who that the showrunner revealed. Oh. Um, So Chris Chibnall said in the panel that one of the biggest changes for season 13, aside from we've got a new companion, (laughs) is that it will all be one story, kind of one big story arc. And the reason why he said this is happening is because of COVID, which I thought was interesting. To me, the justification didn't quite add up. He was like, we could either have one long story arc 
or we could just have no monsters in each episode. And I was like, the logic doesn't make sense to me, but I know that COVID complicated a lot of things. So I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it's because they like couldn't build lots of new sets or like hire lots of new actors, like one long story with like the same actors kind of. Perhaps. Yeah. He said they will be going to different places, but maybe this just kind of simplifies it. Like instead of having a brand new location for all 12 or so episodes it's kind of you know we keep bouncing between a couple of different places that means gray worms locked in yeah like once he was on the set they were like you're in one episode oh wait COVID's here you're in every (laughs) episode because we need like an actor who's already been around our people and we know is quarantined already exactly so i think that's a fast and it works out for him you know in a Mm -hmm. in an odd turn of events so he's cool we've only seen him do a lot more because he's like he's a musician Jacob Anderson. Really? Raleigh Ritchie is, he, is, his, is his musician name. Aww. Um, and I've only seen him in anything, but yeah, I'm totally happy for him. He was good. Yeah. So, I'm wondering how this is going to go and if Doctor Who... Great. I love the hair. And oh, the, the hair looks great. <laughs> it's kind of got like a Killmonger thing, if yes. I'm remembering correctly. So, maybe they took a little inspiration from that. But it makes me curious to see, is Doctor Who going to stick with this kind of overarching plot where it's literally just... Kind of like Netflix where one episode goes into the next, goes into the next. Or will they return to the more episodic kind of one-off episodes um, that the whole series has been like? Well, I'll say, I kind of feel like Doctor Who needs a bit of a bit of a, of a, of a kick in the pants. Ooh, do I feel like it, 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 I don't know, like, when I see it talked about, I feel like it, it doesn't really have the buzz it used to. It is 13 seasons on we're talking yeah. here. Yeah. Like, they should have had a female doctor, like, three doctors ago, really. Um, So, I guess if you're going to try something new, um, yeah, and try to reinvigorate it, Mm -hmm. now's a good time. Oh, interesting. I think for me, there's a nostalgia factor, kind of just like, you know, it started out long, long ago in, like, what, the 60s or so on the BBC where... Yeah, but, like... (laughs) Well, let me let me get okay, to my sure. point, you know, where, you know, it's it, that was just the only option. You had an episode mm-hmm. and, you know, if you missed it, you missed it and you catch the next one next week. So I get that that's kind of the format. But actually, I would this just came to me watching Loki mm-hmm. and always talking about, oh, this feels like Doctor Who. Sylvie feels like Doctor Who or classic Loki feels Looks like, like yeah, <laughs> you know, feels like Peter Capaldi. I could kind of see them following in those footsteps and being like, hey, we can produce something that is, you know, sci-fi and cool and dramatic. Um, Bring in lots of cool monsters and robots and all that while also really just having one episode lead into the another. So, I am open to it. I don't know how I feel about it being a permanent stay, but I might... Sure. I might like it. (laughs) And yeah, yeah, sounds good. So... I I would not mind if it uh, reinvigorated itself somehow. Yeah. And we talk about Hololoki. Yeah, so I'm going to be, you know, I will say, yeah, it's kind of like some of the episodes are really either hit or miss. Like, you either really, really like this one villain that they had, or it's like, no, this one was kind of flat. So, I think it might do something to transform the series, maybe even keep up the buzz again as people are speculating and do all those things that come with, you know, these weekly airing shows. And I also wonder if it's going to continue to be like on BBC America, or maybe they're going to move it to um, HBO Max, because that's where all the new episodes are at. Oh, HBO Max. <laughs> HBO Max, man. So, um, yeah. I love it. I I'm, love them more than anything else. Wait, do you love what? HBO Max. Oh. 
<laughs> it is my go-to streaming service. I watched this thing called White Lotus, uh-huh. like a, a, about like um, people at a Hawaiian kind of resort. It's like a class conflict thing, like the rich guests and then the staff. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I love HBO Max. <laughs> I guess okay. This is the. It's like the personality quiz. You're HBO Max. I'm Disney Plus. Comment your uh, oh, yeah. streaming personality down below. What are you? Are you, <laughs> are you Netflix? You're Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious to think, where do you watch all of your shows? Um, are you PBS? Who knows? Uh, so AMC Plus? No, I'm saying AMC Plus. <laughs> are you defunct like Kiwi? No. <laughs> We're all, we, all, we all have our worth here. So that's Doctor Who. And the next thing that I wanted to talk about was DC saved... The not Marvels. <laughs> yeah, the not Marvels. Um, DC, okay, so DC is kind of interesting. They're in an interesting phase because... They are building things up and it is not quite as buzzworthy as Marvel where we're, we've got three shows back to back mm-hmm. and Black Widow just came out and reviewers are now seeing uh, the Suicide Squad. Which I'm they are slobbering that. over. That's kind of good. Yeah. I, People I apparently love it. I don't know if I trust it. I don't yeah. know if I trust I, it. So though. That, I think I'm going to upgrade it to probably what I going to see to I might see. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see it, but I'm I'm going to keep my like expectations really 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 low even even if it's <laughs> okay. James Gunn. Um but yeah, continue with that. DC is going into its next phase and Michael B Jordan is is looped into this. So, um Killmonger star is pictured there. We'll be heading over to DC to um work on a Black Superman series, which I thought was really fascinating that will be coming to HBO Max. And it sounds like we don't know if he's going to star in it or... Yeah, or just produce it or something. Yeah, if he's just producing it. But that I, that was interesting to me because I was like, okay, there's also something else going on for with Black Superman, and that is the movie from J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Isn't it always <laughs> funny how these things come in pairs? Yeah. Yeah, DC loves to do that. They're like, they're really like double dipping with their properties. Um, and I don't know how to think about, how to feel about it. Are they elsewhere? I mean, kind of just like, you know, we've seen, you know, there's one Batman here, like, um, you know, Robert Pattinson, Batman, and then the Batman that's going to appear in The Flash, and then the Batman with Henry Cavill. And so, I think... I was thinking more like, remember when there was like, there's like two movies about Truman Capote out at the same time. Oh. Or there's like, um, there's like, when it was like um, The Prestige and that other movie about magicians that landed at the same time. What's that? The illusion. The illusion. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Which is better. Oh, I can't. There's another one on the tip of my tongue, but I know what you're talking about there. So I guess the big difference is that the Michael B. Jordan one is going to be a series. Yes, that is true. Um, and the other one is supposed to be a movie. And Jordan's is going to revolve around the character Val Zod, who mm-hmm. is like a Superman. Uh, well, not a Superman, a person from the planet that Superman is from. One of them alternate universe <laughs> yeah. things. He's like the Superman of Earth 2, if I recall. Earth 2, yeah. little research. Yeah, this. his parents get murdered somehow and on is do they live on Krypton? Is that their plan? Yes. Okay. So they're Krypton <laughs> and Val Zod's parents are executed by the Krypton High Court. Ooh. And then he is raised by some other super idiot um, on Earth, superhero that I, I, I never heard of. Mr. Mister Miracle or something like that. Yeah, I've never heard of that before. No, I, th- I think I'm wrong. Um, and then J.J. Abrams' movie is he's Clark Kent, Superman. Mm-hmm. He's played by a black actor. Got it. Yeah. 
I I mean, I'm open to both. Um, each will be, especially if these are different interpretations. The J.J. Abrams especially, though, I'm, I'm almost a little tired of having the character be rebooted over and over. Yeah. But I would like to see them give Superman a good shot because I feel like each and every movie within the last decade or so has just been kind of like, eh. There's been a lot of discourse about like how they can't seem to crack Superman in a big mm-hmm. screen for a while. Yeah. And there's all these ideas put forward. Like he's kind of out of step with our more cynical age, mm-hmm. I guess. But like he's still going strong in the comics. I mean, it, it, it just seems like I don't really believe that, by the way. I I, I I don't believe that we can't have a good Superman movie because like we're just it's not we don't want that. Like, yeah. I think people can be inspired just the right combination hasn't come along. Like Zack Snyder was the exact wrong person to make a Superman movie. Like you're not get a person more wrong than that. Like he wants everything to be dark and grim Mm -hmm. and edgy. Like that's just, that's just not the guy. Exactly. Um, And to be fair, I guess Superman returns with Brandon Ruth, which was directed by that pedophile. What's his name? I forget his name. The the X-Men Okay. Brian Singer. Singer. Mm -hmm. He had accusations. We can go into it. We don't need to. Um, uh, that was a little more uplifting, but it just, it wasn't um, exciting enough. So mm-hmm. they just haven't kind of gotten the magic number down yet. I don't see why they can't though. It, it just hasn't come together the way people are just so invested in love Batman because he is kind of, he, he lends himself more to yeah, grim he's the and cooler. dark and gritty. Yeah. yeah, he's just so cool. So I I can't good be comments. mad at them for putting on this. Are we going to read comments? Are there some comments? Oh, wait, it was a finisher thought, but there's some good comments. Oh. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's another good luck to them. I'm yeah, I'm not terribly interested in Superman, as you can see. I'm like, I like that Michael B. Jordan is involved. I think that is an interesting choice, as well as in on the other side, J.J. Abrams. But it is, it's just gonna have to be a like, let's just wait and see. Yeah, we'll wait and see. Let's see. As Lisa says, if they had cast Chris Evans Superman, it would have worked. He was amazing, Captain America. I could see it. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. Um, Lisa is a ton of Hulu and. is a Hulu and Amazon Prime person. Respect. Hulu and Amazon Prime, both solid stuff. Uh, as Christian says, DC is so cute. They keep trying. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of People how I feel. love the Suicide Squad. Like, maybe that'll do it. Like, it's getting raves. Like, just slobbering raves. Maybe. I just checked. This, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's at 98% of Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Which, like, it's coming 50 out stuff. August 6th, so we'll have time to discuss it. In Ooh. the show after it comes, I'm gonna out. have to see it now. So, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be excited to discuss that. We we should we should oh, put that it, in the it, show. It's it, it on HBO Max. Yeah. Oh, awesome! You don't have to pay I'm go for to the it. Theater. <laughs> oh, you're gonna go to score. <laughs> There's Ms. a miracle Stephanie every says, day. I bounce back and forth from HBO Max, Hulu, and Netflix. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. I always keep them, but I always keep Disney Plus all the time. Yeah, respectable. Woo-hoo. So lots of good options and lots of good stuff on them. It's not like. There's like one you can just write off. I will say though, Paramount Plus, it, oh it got so terrible. I got it to watch the Drag Race program uh-huh. and just it's gritting teeth watching them. The interface is bad. Nothing else is good. And just they have the stupidest rewind and fast forward function that is so slow. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, Paramount Plus can 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 
reform itself and become oh, better. Okay. There's been a huge Peacock Plus uh, push recently with the Olympics. Like I've been watching yes. all the NBC networks and they're like, hey, get in, uh, Peacock, get Peacock, get Peacock. I'm like, ah, I don't really, I think they're, <laughs> they're going to be in the hole after having this whole, you know, push for everyone to get Peacock. And then it's like, you know, they get like no return in subscribers. We'll see. Uh, but that's that. Uh, did you have something? <laughs> no. I just, I didn't know what I was doing with my mouth. Okay. Also, really quickly, as we wrap up our DC, there's also some casting news. Mm-hmm. Um, In the Heights star, Leslie Grace will be playing Barbara Gordon, aka Batgirl, in a new HBO Max movie, which also is cool. blowing my mind because I'm like, how much does... You see... Okay, I think this is my thing. Warner Brothers and DC don't come out like, you know, Steve Jobs or Kevin Feige and say, look at all the brilliant, you know, movies that we have planned. Mm-hmm. This is going to come out and this is and then this, this is the timeline and then this is the phase and this and this and this. It's just kind of like, hey, I think we want to come up with a uh, Batgirl movie and then a Black Superman movie and then let's redo Suicide Squad, but call it The Suicide Squad. And you're like, hold on. Wasn't DC fandom a giant thing? Like... I believe that was a hit when it happened. It was, but I don't remember anything. It was made fun of. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think there, that was, they also had the DC TV shows, which are really, really a huge hit. They are. Um, So it's, it's like, it just doesn't feel as neat and tidy um, as Marvel has been and as in your face as well. So for them to say, hey, we're doing a Batgirl movie, I'm like, great where did this come from it's kind of just out from left field i'm like okay i feel like it's been in, in, in progress for a while i remember when joss whedon was working on it okay um, you're right and it had although that might have been like a screen movie at the time i'm not sure if this is the same thing he was doing yeah i think there. yeah there was a whole controversy about that as well so it, i guess yeah they're reviving this project um they could do a better job of packaging, marketing, mm-hmm. and getting communications out to the public. I agree with that. Yeah. Warner Brothers and HBO. Because I think they have good stuff, but I, uh, you're right. I do think they um, have a bit of a communication problem. Really fast, just realm of DC before we move on, um, in terms of things that DC does stupidly and also well. <laughs> I watched um, the long Halloween movie the other night, which is an adaptation of a, of a great Batman comic from like the 90s, I want to say. Oh. Um, it's weird. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Okay, I, I, I don't want to waste too much time on this, but my guilty pleasure, I, I think it's like, I, I do enjoy, do you ever watch those, like, those animated DC movies they have on, like, HBO Max sometimes? No. Like, it, it is, like, it is a, a, a guilty pleasure for me, like <laughs> Batman Hush and um, that Killing Joke thing they did, and they're not very good, but I... I I, I keep watching them just because I expect them. I think one will, like, this will be the one. Really? Yes. <laughs> and they keep just kind of seeming cheap and dumb and, yeah. like, making these dumb writing decisions. I just have to say, I, I have nowhere else to say this and no one else to say it too. Um, <laughs> That's fine. I know, I know what you're talking about because Marvel has the same thing. It's kind of like these Disney XD one that they had a long time ago it was like Captain Marvel and um, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. I was like, oh, that's really awesome. Yeah. I'm going to want to watch this. And it was like, uh, you know, this is just Saturday morning cartoon stuff. No, like These try to be mature and they just, they're just not good. Yeah. Okay, the Long Halloween, great comic book. I love that comic book. I, I, it's one of the few that I have, like own and read. Um, they change little things to make it stupid. Like there is a bit 
You know that you know that moment in the movie where like someone has like the like the the, the light bulb moment. And they're like, oh, that's who killed the person. Okay, like that's where the treasure is hidden. That bit. Yeah, like they had a bit where Batman like remembered this. Like he figured out this character's the killer. He was wrong, but it's beside the point. And they, as he like has the the flash. They flash back to an earlier scene with that character kind of doing this thing he's realizing. Uh-huh. And, like, Batman wasn't around for that scene. <laughs> like, he, he never met this person. <laughs> so, they flash back to a scene he wasn't a part of and act like he's put it together. It was, Ooh. that's how it works. <laughs> and it was, it was kind of just full of stuff like that. Wow. It sounds like top tier stuff. <sighs> and I, I, I don't know why I keep watching those, but okay. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. That's fun. So that's that. That's DC. DC is coming all. I'm looking forward to discussing the Suicide Squad um, when that is out. Mm-hmm. And now I think it's time for our quick and dirty Wick News lightning round. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Oh, one round. <laughs> so we've got 20 seconds to answer each question. We go back and forth. Um, and I think without further ado, let's get started. Let's so do it. the first one goes to you, Dan. So the Dune, uh, the sisterhood TV show is back on track with a new showrunner. I'm let's sure you won't be surprised to know that, of course, you can't have a Dune movie. You have to have like a Dune TV shows along with it because they want what? A cinematic universe out of Dune. That's what they want to do. This TV show is about the Benny Jesuit sisterhood, which is kind of like a mystical, magical, like space nuns who are going to be a show all around them. Um, it was like dead for a while. And now it's back. Uh, I, I'm not sure it's a good topic for a show, but they want to do the they want to do the MCU thing, so they're going to try. Okay. Ooh, time! All right, here's here 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 here's for you. Okay, <clears throat> James James Gunn, Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn, um, slagged superhero movies, saying that if superhero movies don't change, it's going to get really boring. Hmm. I almost agree. I'm starting to feel mm-hmm. a little overwhelmed, even with Marvel, and that's coming from me. So I get what where he's coming from. I don't know if it's that superhero movies need to change. I just think maybe we need to scale back. So it's a little more special. It's a little more like a treat and like a special event. There are so many different superhero movies now. So I don't think variety is a pro- problem. I think it's just the quantity of everything that's come out. I agree with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this one was interesting. It's so, interesting. Dan, Netflix is making a live action Pokemon TV show. Ooh, they are going to get so much money and viewers out of this. Um, Pokemon, you know, you know, that's the biggest franchise in the world, the most profitable in history ever, Pokemon, bigger than anything else. Um, it's going to be a huge thing. And Netflix is like the live action animation company now. They're making a live action Cowboy Bebop, making a live action One Piece, they're going to do a live action Pokemon. How they got that license, I don't know, but they're going to kill this. Even if it sucks, they're going to kill. All right. Here's a feel good story to pep you all up. Lucasfilm hired a YouTuber who made a viral Mandalorian deepfake, and now he works for the company. Yeah, I think that was really cool. I saw the deepfake. He did a lot of great work on it that. Good. It was really, really good. And it's interesting to see, you know, some of these people are looking out there and watching you. So it's like, put your talent out there. Yeah. You never know what'll happen. And now this guy has hopefully a really lucrative job with a really huge studio like Lucasfilm. They do a ton of stuff. So there should be plenty of projects for him to work on. That's a really cool story. Yeah. Okay, so this just came out the other day. Finn Wolfhard and Paul Rudd battled ghosts in the new Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. What'd you think? I'm not a Ghostbusters person, but like this trailer, it did not feel like Ghostbusters. It felt like Stranger Things is what it felt like. Mm -hmm. You know, like when they try to revive 
a something, but like they kind of put it in the style of the time. That was this. It, it does feel, it felt like Spielbergian. It felt like kind of looking at things off the screen going like, whoa, that was, that was very much what it was. Um, I probably won't see it. <laughs> I, I'm all there with you. Okay. And finally, a little star, another Star Wars story for you. Um, Grand Admiral Thrawn and Ezra Bridger, popular Star Wars characters from such shows as Star Wars Rebels, are rumored to be cast in the live-action upcoming Star Wars project on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, so they think Grand Admiral Thrawn might be played by Lars Mikkelsen, mm-hmm. who is Mads Mikkelsen's brother, and Ezra Bridger would be played by Minim Assad, who is a Latin. And this was a really huge story for us because this is a huge storyline that hasn't been completed in Star Wars Rebels, and we think it might be continued in the Ahsoka series, which might not come out till like 2023. So it's a long ways to go, but I'm really excited to see these characters. Woohoo! All right, and that was the witness that room. <laughs> Thanks, guys, uh, for watching us. That was, and thanks for bringing with us. I know we had some technical clues at the top. At the top, um, I had fun today, Mia. That was a good time. I did. And of course, you can find us. We stream live every single Wednesday at four p.m. Central Standard Time on the Winter Is Coming Facebook page and the Winter Is Coming YouTube page. And you can also find us in podcast form on Google Play iTunes, wherever podcasts are downloadable. Thanks for watching. Bye, Julie. See you last time. And uh, we will be back um, here next week. See you then and have a great day. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.